gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 305. Last week, Jeremy Adams was so kind to come on the show, and we talked about the role of Jonathan Kent going forward in the DC lore. There are comics about him. There are TV shows where he's one half of a set of twins. And now there's a feature film called Batman Superman Battle of the Super Sons. And Jonathan Kent plays a major role again. And last week, Jeremy Adams, who wrote that film, talked about the idea that going forward, Superman has a son. We got into some of the... We got into some of the science fiction stuff. How can Superman have a son? We talked about his sexuality, which has been in the news a lot. That's not going to be something that we're going to be discussing in this film. Jonathan Kent's a lot younger, and that's not a part of the story in any way. But at New York Comic Con at the Javits Center in October 2022, they held a cast press screening, and we were allowed, as the Hall of Justice podcast, to interview six people who are involved in the film, four voice actors, the director, and the executive producer. Now, to be honest with you, Warner Brothers made Jeremy available, but we had him on last week, so just go back and listen to that episode. This film, without giving too many spoilers, because the movie hasn't even been released yet, it's coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital October 18th. So if you're listening to this episode the, when, it, when it is published then uh, it's next week. There are two things that I think longtime comic book and animation fans are going to really love. First of all, in the voice acting situation, Travis Willingham plays Superman. And his voice, he's got one of those deep, deep James Earl Jones type voices. And he really emulates Danny Dark, who played Superman in the 1970s Super Friends series. The other amazing part of this movie is the music, and that uh, sole credit goes to the trio of music composers Michael McQuiston, Lolita Ritmanis, and Christopher Carter. They've done Batman Beyond, Batman the Brave and the Bold, The Killing Joke, uh, Batman vs. Two-Face, Phantom Stranger. They worked on Marvel stuff, including Spectacular Spider-Man. They did Teen Titans, Justice League Unlimited. They are icons in this industry. They've also been on this podcast before. Chris Carter actually came on this show when we had absolutely no listeners. Uh, Back in episode 20, Chris Carter did the show, and we're going to try to have the whole trio on in the future. In this film, there are a lot of homages, and they didn't say anything about it. Uh, We did ask the director about it, but 
The reality is, is there's some stuff that sounds like Tim Burton Batman. It sounds like Superman the Animated Series. There are some moments that'll really call back to some classic music themes that you'll recognize. And while they're not carbon copies, there certainly are homages. We should note that his wife, Laura Bailey, plays Lois Lane, and they're married in this movie. Jack Dylan Grazer plays young Jonathan Kent. And Jack Griffo, who's on this podcast, he plays Damian Wayne. Because in this story, Batman has a son, and that's Damian Wayne. So the super sons are Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne. Like he was portrayed in the quote-unquote Tuckerverse, and like he is portrayed in the comics... He's a dick. And to tell you the truth, Damian Wayne is just an unlikable character, and he's like that in this movie as well. That's not to say that the voice actor isn't delightful. He was wonderful, and he's on this podcast as well. Let's start it out with the Man of Steel, Superman himself, Travis Willingham. I'm heterosexual enough to say you have a very deep voice. <laughs> Thank you, man. And when I saw it, it was a little jarring. I thought they were emulating Danny Dark from the Super Friends. Oh, like it wow. was like it, 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 it felt it felt it felt like you, they were pulling on that. What about the idea you're playing Superman and to make yourself be Superman? Boy, it was really tough. You know, uh, Wes Gleason is a good good friend of ours, and I've had the, the great opportunity to play Superman previously in some of the Lego films, but it's a bigger performance. It's funny. And, you know, Wes just said, hey, man, look, you've got a great voice. Just just do your thing. Just just let your, your natural voice come out. And also uh, talk to your son. And I was like, okay, yes, that makes a lot of sense. So there's a softness to this uh, performance of Superman, right? When it's when it's go time, when he spots the, you know, the satellite, or rather the... Uh, 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 tower, Jesus. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> I'm blanking. Uh, in space. Watchtower. Watchtower. The tower. Watchtower. Yeah, as it's crashing in through the atmosphere, you know. I he, thought you were giving a spoiler, and no. I was trying not to do that. No, 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 no. He, I follow the rules. I know it. I know it. He kicks in. He kicks it into high gear, um, and he puts you know shoulders up, you know, at big voice forward. But you know, when he's home and he's talking to Jonathan Kent, and he's you know, trying to understand his powers and how he relates to his father. That that kind of softer, empathetic performance of something that was really important to us. What's your thought on the idea that, you know, now, you know, Jonathan Kent's been in, in comics, he's on the TV show, he's on this film, now he's headlining a film. What about the idea that Jonathan Kent's part of the mainstream? I love it. I mean, you know, one of the great things about comics is that you always have different timelines, different universes. There's an opportunity for a variety of different stories, but I think it's such an important one. I mean, I've always heard one of the biggest critiques, if you want to call it that, of the Superman characters that he's, you know, unrelatable. Someone that's invulnerable, can do all these things. But to understand Superman as someone who's not just trying to fit in on Earth, but also trying to make it as a parent, right? Just like the rest of us, doing our best, but have no idea what we're doing. Best laid plans go to ruin. I think that makes him incredibly, incredibly relatable, and it also shows a lot of vulnerability in a in a in a person and a superhero that doesn't have much on the outside. What about the idea of retelling the Superman mythos through the kid's eyes? Just oh. he he's finding out everything, and he's probably having the reaction a lot of us all had, you know, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's my favorite part. I feel uh, like I'm talking to Danny Dark. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge compliment. <laughs> to me, that's my favorite part of the Superman story, whether it was the Richard Donner films in the 80s or the Smallville TV series. Every time he's starting to figure out his powers, 
figure out what that means. What what are the limits? How does he push it's it? Joy. That's the best part, right? That's the the giddy energy. Even as things are going terribly wrong, there's also just an enthusiasm that you can't shake. So I, I think it's a brilliant take. I think it's also, you know, it's needed to keep the story fresh and to and to keep these stories alive for decades to come. You know, I think it's just a great great move. Thanks again. Congrats on the movie. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Doesn't he sound like Superman? I mean, really? That was ideal casting, and the director will even tell you that. As we said before, he is married to the lovely and talented Laura Bailey. She plays Lois Lane in this one, and we caught up with her at the press event. Playing this role, when you find out you're playing a role that's been played so many times, how much research do you do? Do you read? Do you watch? Do you emulate somebody or do you try to make it your own? I grew up with Lois Lane, you know. I watched her in, in so many different iterations. Uh, so I think all of that is in my brain during the performance, but at the same time, you know, I'm coming at it from a different place. And I feel like this Lois is different than other versions we've seen before because she is a mother in this, in this movie. Um, and so it can be a, a presentation to anybody else. She's, she's one way with the rest of the world, but when it comes to her son... She's going to think differently. She's going to react differently. You know, the movie uniquely retells the whole mythos through this kid's eyes. And it's so fun to see it because he's seeing it for the first time. Yeah, the enthusiasm. Oh, it's, it's such a good film. And I love the banter between Damien and John. It's, it's so unique and so much fun. And I just love watching their relationship grow. And lastly, y- your, your chemistry with Clark... <laughs> is it is it something like did you find it natural or was it really difficult to work with completely manufactured i have absolutely no no relationship with travis willingham whatsoever so well it is acting <laughs> it's acting thanks so much thank you all right now let's go behind the scenes let's find out from the director matt peters what his vision for this film is again Batman, Superman, Battle of the Super Sons, there is something about classic and modern. It's a hard balance. Here's director Matt Peters. First things first, the um, idea that Jonathan Kent has now been in a TV show, he's been in comics, everything that happens with this guy makes big news. What about the idea of him headlining a movie he's not the only guy in the movie but what about the idea that this character seems to be getting a lot of attention yeah well i mean obviously there's a lot of attention to his character and it's exciting and it's certainly important to talk about so that's great um i think for us when we were focusing on making this movie we just wanted to tell the story about superman's son just as accurately as we could that's what we focused on first primarily so so for me as a Superman fan, it was kind of an interesting thing to discover what Superman's son would be like. And it was kind of a fun thing to you know expand on that and to see what their relationship would be like, Superman and son. Last week I asked Jeremy uh, Adams about this. I, this is going to sound like the nerdiest question I think I've ever asked in, in this question. How can Superman have a kid? <laughs> Didn't, and didn't they talk about that in the 90s? <laughs> it's just love. You don't stop love. You can't do that. <laughs> What's the, what about the idea, though, that now this is, this is Superman going forward? That going forward, 
this this guy's a part of it, just like Wally West is a part of the Flash, whether it's Barry or not. Yeah, I think it's exciting because I mean, you got like a situation. You have a character that's. 70 odd years old and it's like you know we've told so many stories of them and we're still finding new angles and I don't have any problem with with this angle I think it was funny is uh, my son was actually uh, born while we were working on this movie and um, I know Rick has his family Jeremy has his it's like we all have kids and it's just this thing that kind of speaks to us that we're we're now parents and so we're able to kind of suddenly relate to Superman in a completely different way than we probably ever did before we can tell that you can tell when superhero properties come out that the people who are behind it are fans. You can tell that. You can you can feel it. You know, you watch the same shows that the audience watched and you know, being that we're in similar ages, just the idea that, you know, you guys went with the the, the classic costumes and you you know, you went with the, you're telling an original story but it's the Superman we know. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and Travis Willingham sounds like the guy from the Super Friends. Oh, totally. Yeah, that was that was everything. You're hitting the nail on the head, exactly. It's like, I mean, I grew up with Donner's Superman. It's, like, been such an important, you know, thing in my life. When I sit down to watch that movie, I watch the three-hour edit, even though I wouldn't argue that's the best version, but because it has most of the footage, and I just want to see more of that film. And Even though you own the movie, you had to buy that disc, too. Oh, I've got multiple versions of it, trust me, yeah. But that, that movie is just like such a, such a part of my heart, if that makes any sense, a part of the spirit. And I know that's the same with Rick. I know it's the same with Jeremy. And that, more than anything, is what we try to do, is we try to incorporate that kind of energy into the movie. You know, We want you to feel the same excitement we feel. The music feels like homages. It's not, you know, it's not copycatting, you know, old themes. But there's a little Superman the animated series in that. There's a little bit of uh, Batman stuff in there. Like you can really feel that, it, like you're trying to push buttons with the older viewer as well as the younger viewer. Yeah, totally. It's like we want, we we don't want to sit there and retread. We're not going to take stuff that's been done before, but we definitely want to carry that energy. We want that to feel. We want fans to feel that we love these characters just as much as they do. So we just, we will always find another angle that we can do to make that happen. And it, music is just one of them. It's just, that was fantastic music, by the way. Yeah. Those guys, and those guys have been on the show, and they're, they're, those guys do an absolutely great job. Congrats on the film, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Matt Peters is somebody I think we should have on in a long form podcast that is not a press event. And we can sit down and really, really get his vision for animation and his career. Our next guest uh, did that. And rather recently, the executive producer on Super Sons is Rick Morales. He was profiled on episode 282 of the Hall of Justice podcast. So you can go back and get to know Rick Morales. Here's his comments on this film. Uh, first of all, congrats on this one. Um, it's you, you guys really went for the, the classic uniforms and the classic everything. Even the beginning, the, the retelling of the, the destruction of Krypton. Just the idea of being able to tell a fresh story but still not have to change anything. Yeah. I mean, th that was a thing. Like, I love Superman. And I, I grew up with the Donner Superman film. You know, that was maybe the first superhero film that I'd ever seen as a kid and it 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 definitely like you know it definitely put, left an impression this is what superheroes are and so I wanted to make something that um, that I felt was akin to that because I don't uh, even with all the superhero films that we have nowadays I don't feel like they're 
they aren't being done in that way anymore, you know? And so I, that was kind of my goal for this. And I, I, I've been saying this in other interviews and whatever, but like, I've got a, you know, I always like something to have some personal connection for me, but I have a son. I have three kids. I have two daughters and a son, but this movie. Good that you didn't stop with the son because the other kids, they'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> right. They'll hear it at some point. Um, but this one, I felt like I was making it for him. It, this this movie is for my son when he's old enough to watch it so that he has something that's akin to the Donner film for me when I was a kid or some of the Amblin films that I grew up with, you know, or like, you know, just there was so much cool stuff in the 80s that that was for kids or preteens or in that, you know, realm. And it, I just, I wanted something like that. Not to get spoilery, but there is something about this movie. It seems like there's a lot of homages uh, the music it yeah. seems like Superman the Animated Series. It feels like that. Um, and Travis Willingham as Superman has that Super Friends. Yeah. Like he has yeah, that, that he has voice. that yeah. voice. Uh -huh. and Superman hasn't had that. You know, this not to knock Jerry O'Connell, but that's this is a deeper Superman. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I thought that that was a cool way to go with it because, you know, I've worked with Travis on other things and and I. You know, it did strike me like, wow, he's got a cool voice for Superman. If 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 we ever find a way to, or that version of him to do, and um, and this was like, oh yeah, this is the version because we're we're retelling the 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 Superman story very briefly. And to me, this is like, it had to be a Superman that was immediately identifiable to the audience because it's not his story. We're very briefly like going through his stuff, recapping, um, putting a little twist on it, but. You should know who Superman is, and this should be... So I think it's a familiar... There's something familiar about it, too, right? Real quick, um, no matter what, now this is the second animated incarnation for Damian Wayne, and he can just continues to be a dick. So is, is that it? Like, whatever Damian Wayne's going to be, he's going to be an asshole? Uh, well... Like you you want to punch him. <laughs> that You know what? I think that's what it has to be. All right, listen. I'll, I'll just tell you. The best way I can sell this when, movie. When Damien was first introduced in the comic books, I'm a comic book reader, and I was reading that run, and I hated him. I did not like him as a character. I, I am a Tim Drake guy through and through. I grew up with that version of Robin, and I did not like seeing him replaced by this little shit. But, but, but man, he works so well as a foil to, to, to Jonathan in this. And I really have grown to love him as a character. Him being, you know, the, and I think that's a cool thing that we did in this. Is like, yes, he is an ass, and you do want to punch him. But at the same time, like, you can tell he's hurting, you know. And there's, there's that sort of like, the Teen Titans aren't accepting him, and there's some like, you know, emotional stuff there. Character development that you can do as you go forward, if we go forward, you know. So. Hey, man, it's good to see you. Thanks for doing the Zooms and, and all the other times you've been yeah. on the podcast, but uh, it's great to see you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's great. Better in person. Definitely better in person. Face-to-face -face like that. Now let's hear from the two super sons, Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne. Jack Dylan Grazer was in the Shazam film back in 2019, played Freddie Freeman, who in the comics is Captain Marvel Jr., and Adam Brody plays his adult self when he, you know, has his powers. He's been in It. He's done Me, Myself, and I. He's in that HBO show, We Are Who We Are. And a really impressive kid. Uh, here's our conversation with Jack Dylan Grazer. First of all, uh, congrats on the film. 
Um, it's great. And the idea that he is finding out about his dad all at the same time, it's almost like the audience is reintroduced to a mythos they've seen so long ago. What, what, what's that like? What was that experience recording that like? And what do you think about the idea of being able to retell an old story? Ooh. Okay. Um, I think it's huge. I think especially, I mean, knowing, figure, I mean, if I were an 11-year-old and I found out that my dad was Superman, I mean, you already think your dad is your hero. Your dad is like, this is the sickest thing on planet Earth. And then him being the paramount coolest thing of all time, Superman, it's it's like, it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's sick. What about the idea that Damien in this film kind of a dick? Mm-hmm. And, and just the idea that, like, you play good cop and he's kind of the, kind of just... The, the guy you want to punch. Yeah, I think it gives Wade a really cool, fun dynamic, like a great little buddy comedy thing. But it's really unique. I mean, I mean, it's almost in the in the in the most troopiest, classic way possible. Like the perfect buddy dynamic. I mean, it almost like there's there's some parts of it that are reminiscent of like the old uh, like Adam West Batman. It's kind of goofy. Like it's some, there's some parts about it that are really like just fun. Um, but, but, you know, there's friction in the beginning, and then they, they become best friends, and I think that's a really cool little transition that happens. When you found out you got this role, did you see him in the comics? Did you see the Superman Lois show? I guess you yeah. guys recorded this movie before Superman Lois, right? Uh, had that come out? I think it already come out. Yeah. yeah, and then Young Justice had already come out. Um, so I knew about Superboy. And I knew about Superboy forever, I think. Well, Superboy has been a thing. But... Um, I uh, I didn't have really have anything to draw from. I didn't. Really, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really do much research. I grew up loving DC. I, I'm a DC EU nerd, so I knew about the. I love the Justice League. I love this world. So, um, yeah. It was an easy. Uh, they, they didn't have too much convincing to do to get you to take this gig. Well, actually, what happened was I think I got the part in like within the week I recorded it, oh. and and then I did ADR maybe a year later. So, like, that was it. And, and so I didn't really have much time to process or think about it. It just kind of happened. So, yeah. What about the idea that whenever something happens to a character like Superman, everybody pays attention? Mm. This, this guy does anything, has a kid, does anything. Everybody wants to know. He changes his costume. It's big, big news. Yeah. What about the idea that, that with that comes all this scrutiny? Superman is the, I, I mean, when you think of the word superhero, I think you think of Superman. Superman is the biggest, I, I don't know, what biggest, I think that's subjective, but Superman is ginormous. He's one of the first detective comic uh, superheroes. Um, one of the most popular ones, I think, is, as well. So, um, it's, it's, it's crazy, big shoes to fill, but I mean, at the end of the day, all you have to do is, cro- you just have to cross your fingers and hope that the fans enjoy it. Congrats, man, the film's great, and uh, good luck to you. Thank you, I appreciate it, man, thank you. He did say he would come back on the show and talk about Shazam. So we're looking forward to that. And that brings us to Jack Griffo, who plays Damian Wayne in this film. From his on-camera stuff, you know him from the Nickelodeon show, The Thundermans. He's been in Sharknado, NCIS Los Angeles, Alexa and Katie, much, much more. Jack Griffo plays Damian Wayne perfectly. And like we've said, he's an annoying character. Jack's far from it. When you find out that you are going to be Damian Wayne, he's in comics, he's been in other movies. 
what did you what did you research? What did you know going into it? I knew nothing, honestly. And I love superheroes, but I wasn't big into it. So when I found out, I was obviously really happy. You know, it's such an iconic character right off the bat. I knew that. Um, but I sort of just started researching online, getting into the origins of where he comes from. You know, I thought maybe he was just, you know, raised by Bruce Wayne, but he wasn't. You know, he was uh, Talia al Ghul's son uh, out of like, uh, you know, a sort of uh, love connection between them. You very short drugs involved. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, but yeah, very short-lived relationship. And you know, he didn't know Batman for a long time until he was about 13. Finally, got to meet him when he beat Talia in a, in a, in a match in a duel. So there was a lot of. Uh, so you did your research. I did a little bit. You know, there's been actually a lot of hard, hard-hitting questions today. I'm like, well, I can't speak to that. You know, but uh, you know, I feel like I did what I what I needed to do um, and found out there's a lot of rich history. You know. Playing a character that's um, you know been around so uh, such a long time and um, it was really really cool. You know, I'm not uh, a stranger to playing a character like this. You know, sort of dark, brooding. Uh, oh, he's a dick. Uh, yeah. There's no secret. He's a dick yeah, in this movie. Absolutely. You know, he definitely joshes on Jonathan in the beginning, and uh, you know, he's it, it's very true. It's very true to the character. So yeah. It's funny, the, the, there's different incarnations of Damien, and in all of them, he's the same asshole. Like, he's the same guy. So it's just funny, and it's, it must be a very rich character to get to play that type. Yeah, it's cool, you know, he... No offense to the other guys, they play the straight arrow. <laughs> yeah, I like that, though. I like playing the villain. You know, in my Nickelodeon series of Thundermans, I sort of played a, a sort of dark, villainous character surrounded by a family of superheroes. So, against the grain, you know, and that's kind of like Damien, you know. He grew up uh, raised by the League of Assassins and came to Gotham to uh, support his dad and take the mantle of Robin, which was kind of a parallel to the Thundermans. You know, I wanted to be a supervillain, but I ended up being a superhero with my family. So it's very similar, actually, now speaking about it now. Yeah. Lastly, what about the idea that you're entering this, this world, this superhero world that literally there's, there seems like there's a new superhero film, movie, TV show every, every day, and everything is so highly scrutinized. There's going to be people who have never seen the Nickelodeon show that find out because you're playing a Robin. Right. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Like, uh, you know, it's kind of different roles, different jobs compounding on each other. And uh, that's what's so cool. Yeah, I think playing a different superhero, you know, and, th and this superhero, there's a lot more to it than my Thunderman's character. You know, there's a lot more history, you know. So, um, you know, I was just really mainly excited that I was given uh, the responsibility. It was definitely a pressure, you know, and I wanted to do a good job, but uh, I'm really happy with the way it turned out, you know. Like I said, on the second session going into the, into the recording studio, I was like, wow, you know, it looks so good. Like, I'm Robin. Like, I see it now. And then you kind of have the confidence in that second session to really go for it, you know, because you see it all working, you know. Well, congrats, man. It's a, it's a great film, and uh, you guys are great. The dynamic between the two kids is really funny. It, it just, it's a fun watch. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. want to, again, give a special shout-out to Jeremy Adams. He was our guest last week on the podcast. Uh, he did a remarkable job talking about this film and also just the role Jonathan Kent will play uh, going forward. Uh, Matt Peters directed it. Rick Morales was the executive producer. Our thanks to Travis Willingham, Laura Bailey, Jack Griffo, and Jack Dylan Grazer for coming on the show. Darren DePaul plays Lex Luthor, and he's also Starro. 
Nolan North with an amazing role as Jor-El. I really dug the film, and I'm not afraid to say it. And trust me, folks, Warner Brothers doesn't put me up to saying something like that. I will tell you if something is not great, and we've done that in the podcast space. We do want to thank the folks at Warner Brothers Animation and New York Comic Con for giving us some media access so we can get this podcast put together. thought it came out pretty, pretty well. And it was all thanks to them, and the logistics are impossible in that Javits Center. There are so many people there. Holy moly, it's the biggest Comic-Con I've ever seen. The next couple of episodes of this podcast, number one, we are going to be talking next week about She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, the latest in the Marvel Studios MCU. We'll be reviewing that and with all the spoilers. Technically, uh, this podcast is coming up on the day of the finale, uh, but we want to let people see it, so we're going to make sure that the review is next week. The week after, we are going to be reviewing Black Adam, the latest DC film, and there's all these rumors about Henry Cavill, so that should be interesting as well. Don't forget, the film is being released on October 18th through digital platforms. It's Blu-ray, DVD, the whole thing. Make sure you see this film. It'll also later on be on a streaming service, HBO Max. Uh, it's a good one. It's one of the good ones. And what I like, the classic costumes. Uh, I like the innocence that Jonathan has. The plot, they have to save the world. Uh, what, what, what are you going to say? It's, it's, it's a superhero movie. And they're 11 years old. So you can put everything together and it's that kind of a movie. But it opens... Uh, with the destruction of Krypton, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that's a minor spoiler, but it's the first two minutes of the film. Check out Batman and Superman Battle of the Super Sons. She-Hulk next week. We'll see you then.